He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him, you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by, she still prayed upon his mind. Good morning, sweet, beautiful Texas. That's the music of George Jones kicking things off for us on the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show as the possum finally did stop loving her today. One of the all-time greats of country music, George Jones, passed away last week at the age of 81. Rest in peace, George. Uh, I'm Cable Smith, by the way, welcoming each and every one of you to the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Chevy Silverado and Hoff Power Polaris, loved or hated, but never ignored. We do it every weekend, and I sincerely appreciate you tuning in as we've got a great show lined up for you. So you know the routine by now. Pour yourself another cup of coffee and pull your stool just a little closer to the old campfire here because off the top, we are talking mule deer and pronghorn antelope with Texas Parks and Wildlife Mule Deer and Pronghorn Program Leader, Sean Gray. Uh, We've got some new regulations that will increase hunter harvest opportunity for both of these big game species. So exciting stuff on that front. Uh, then you might have heard by now about U.S. Army Master Sergeant C.J. Grisham, who has been in the national headlines lately after he was illegally disarmed and arrested by the Temple, Texas Police Department while on a Boy Scout hike with his son. Uh, the video of his arrest has become a viral sensation And CJ has appeared on all manner of talk shows, including uh, the great Glenn Beck. Uh, So we are thrilled to talk gun control and the Second Amendment with Master Sergeant Grisham here in just a bit. Uh, Then we'll wrap things up today by discussing the results of a nine-year whitetail study conducted by Dr. Tim Fulbright and some of his colleagues at the Cesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute down in Kingsville, Texas. Uh, The study focuses on whitetail nutrition uh, with control groups who were provided supplemental feed versus those that weren't provided supplemental feed. So interesting stuff coming up with Dr. Fulbright as well. Um, Real quick here, a couple other things to hit on. Our April photo of the month voting is going on on our website right now. You can vote for your favorite listener submitted photo for April and also be sure to send in those May photos for a chance to win a 50-quart Brute Box cooler. Uh, Brute Outdoors is based out of Keller, Texas. And let me tell you something. I have a Brute Box. Uh, not only are they significantly less expensive than a Yeti, but they are more rugged and keep ice just as long, if not longer. Uh, so email me your best outdoor photo to cable at LoneStarOutdoorsShow.com for a chance to win this 50-quart Brute Box with a special edition Lone Star Outdoors Show logo screen printed on the top. So cool stuff there. And remember, each of our 12 monthly photo winners will compete at the end of the year for our 2013 Grand Prize Combo Hunt Package, which is an exotic buck spring turkey hunt down at Coons Canyon Ranch. Uh, So pretty awesome Grand Prize Package as well. So send in those photos to cable at LoneStarOutdoorsShow.com. Uh, Let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, we'll dive headfirst into these new pronghorn antelope and mule deer regulations with Texas Parks and Wildlife's Sean Gray. You're listening to the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors Show. Let us take off our hats to our brothers in arms and the chances that they never had. We are blessed and the bounty of Texas tonight. Hey y'all, Cable Smith here to remind you about Game Guard, the official camo of the Lone Star State and the Lone Star Outdoors show. So whether I'm on the water or in the woods, Game Guard is the name I trust. Hitting the lake for the spring crappie spawn? Choose from 13 different colors in the microfiber vent back fishing shirt. These high quality feather light shirts offer unmatched comfort and performance. And my favorite part, they are virtually wrinkle free ideal for the outdoorsman or woman on the go. Maybe you're headed out to chase a big gobbler this season. Well, GameGuard's full line of outerwear is Texas Tough, made by Texas hunters for the Texas hunter. So do yourself a favor and visit GameGuard.net 
for all your hunting and fishing apparel needs. Game Guard, the official camo of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Manly Rods, get your hands on one. The Manly Rods Adjust-A-Butt system is the most revolutionary fishing product on the market today. This amazing system increases backbone strength, height, and sensitivity and allows the fishing rod butt to be adjusted to any desired length. The patent-pendant Adjust-A-Butt system is standard on all Manly Rods and available to custom rod builders, which means endless customization possibilities for all you fishermen and fisherwomen. Check out ManlyRods.com. Manly Rods, feel the difference. Hey everybody, this is Brian Spagnol from TexasMotorCars.com. I'm here today to tell you about the best place in Texas to shop for your next vehicle. TexasMotorCars.com is a family-owned and operated business located in Addison, Texas. We have a huge inventory of pre-owned vehicles and specialize in trucks and SUVs. Please visit TexasMotorCars.com today. Come see me, Brian Spagnola. Our phone number is 972-481-1660. <laughs> We all need a friend in the gun business, and that's why you should check out B&S Guns. Family owned and operated since 1987, we offer a lifetime warranty on all firearm purchases. At B&S, we have a gunsmith on staff at all times, and our 5,000 square foot building contains all your hunting and firearm needs. Open seven days a week, we specialize in Nikon, Leopold, Browning, Remington, Swarovski, Benelli, Zeiss, and many more. Conveniently located in Garland, call 972-226-1816 or visit bsgunstore.com. That's bsgunstore.com. All right, listen up, all you Texas outdoorsmen and women. SDS Outdoors is a top-tier manufacturer and distributor of high-quality, feature-rich luxury outdoor products. Their product lines include luxury deer blinds, deer blind windows, gun range towers, bow fishing boats, and a whole lot more. Call SDS Outdoors at 214-551-1530 or check them out online at www.sdsoutdoors.com. Chevy Silverado has been recognized by Vincentric for lowest total cost of ownership of any full-size pickup. Based on factors like depreciation, fuel, and maintenance, visit your local Chevy dealer to find out why the Silverado is a smart choice. Based on Vincentric US 2012 model level analysis. Hey everybody, it's Andrew Zimmern from Bizarre Foods on the Travel Channel. Thanks for listening to Lone Store Outdoor Show. They pay $2.50 down in Hallettsville. $3, maybe more and more than likely they'll be out tonight. A wandering from the farm, waddling down 1291 to keep their bodies warm. I'm talking walking belts and Greatness of Robert Earl Keane bringing us back on the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Presented by Hoffpower Polaris and Chevy Silverado. Armadilla Jackals, the name of that one there. I'm Cable Smith, by the way. So glad to be here riding shotgun with you all this morning as we've got a full hour of outdoor talk coming your way. Uh, but before we dive headfirst into some mule deer and pronghorn antelope talk, uh, I want to remind you all to get to Cabela's, the world's foremost outfitter, to experience legendary selection and service. Let expert outfitters show you all the newest hunting, fishing, and camping gear as well as the best in authentic outdoor apparel and footwear at tough-to-beat prices. And you'll get free shipping when you shop online and ship your order to one of Cabela's three great Texas locations, Cabela's World's Foremost Outfitter. Well, let's go ahead and welcome our first guest today. He's a longtime friend of the show and a great friend to all of the antelope and mule deer hunters out there as he oversees our Texas populations of both big game species. It's my pleasure to welcome our Texas Parks and Wildlife Mule Deer and Pronghorn Antelope Program Leader, Sean Gray to the program. Hey, thanks for having me again, Cable. It's always a pleasure. Hey, Sean, the pleasure is all mine, and uh, we're going to talk about some brand new regulations that uh, will benefit the Texas Pronghorn Antelope and Mule Deer Hunter. Uh, but real quick, tell us what you've been up to as far as uh, managing these two amazing big game species goes. Yeah, so uh, from a pronghorn standpoint, we have uh, this winter we translocated another group of pronghorn from the Panhandle to the Transfacus um, in late January, and, and uh, we successfully translocated about 125 pronghorn from the northwest Dalhart area to um, the Marathon area in the Transpecos. And um, we're seeing really good results with that. Um, compared to our 2011 release, we're seeing basically complete opposite results from 
2011 to this year, 2013. And uh, we're really hopeful that uh, we're going to have lots of babies hit the ground here in the next week or two and uh, boost that population around Marathon. The range conditions still look really good. The pronghorn are in really good shape. Um, survival, um, we estimate that we we have it at least 85% survival right now of, of the animals that we translocated. Oh, wow. And at this time uh, in 2011, we estimated that we had maybe about 50%, and a lot of that was from the historic drought that occurred at the time of release. So, mm-hmm. And and we've made some uh, minor tweaks and modifications along the way from, from the 2011 translocation, so... We learned a lot and applied it to this to this last translocation. And um, if we get some just average range conditions through the summer, that population is going to be well on its way to recovery, hopefully. Awesome. Well, it's great to hear that that relocation has been so successful. Um, I want to go ahead and talk about some new regulations that uh, were just implemented that will actually provide more hunting opportunity for the Texas pronghorn hunter and I know that the recommendations originated with your field staff, so they're the ones that we have to thank. You know, your whole department is responsible uh, for providing these additional opportunities for hunters. And I'm going to go ahead and let you explain exactly uh, what the new regulations mean and how it uh, affects the Texas outdoorsman. So uh, field staff has been talking about this proposal for several years now. Our... Um, our, our panhandle pronghorn populations over the last several years have, have done, uh, are stable to increasing and have expanded their range. And uh, as of late, the panhandle's in extreme drought, mm-hmm. too. Uh, and uh, so we're monitoring those populations very closely, but uh, we, we still haven't had a, uh, a severe impact uh, by the drought in the panhandle because of the supplementation that's up there uh, through ag development and, and croplands. Um, so um, with, with the populations kind of stable to increasing and herd units increasing, we wanted we wanted to look at something that would help biologists do our job a little bit more efficiently and effectively and also increase hunter opportunity and basically uh have have a system that that uh benefit or 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 helps all all of our uh, all the folks that are involved in hunting pronghorn make that more of a pleasurable experience the the system that was proposed is to to try to go away from a uh a department controlled permit issuance to a landowner-controlled uh, buck harvest structure to where the landowner decides on how many uh, buck pronghorn they can harvest on their property. Right. We, we wanted to experiment with that, so we, we uh, proposed uh, this experiment, experimental regulation change for three herd units in the Panhandle, two are around Dalhart, one's around Pampa. And we'd like to do this for three years and, and collect survey data and harvest data through time to see if this regulation change has a negative impact on the pronghorn resource. Basically, we we don't restrict the number of buck pronghorn that could be harvested in these areas the landowners would, and then it's up, then it's the responsibility of the hunter to go get one of these free permits from the department. All right, so obviously that should increase hunter opportunity and I know, as, as always, if a landowner wants, you guys are more than willing to go out and provide uh, recommendations uh, if, if they want your help. Uh, now, Sean, how many pronghorn actually live in the panhandle? Our estimate uh, last year was around ten to 12,000 animals. Okay. And, and most of those animals, a good 95% of them, 90, 95% of them, live in the northwest and northeast panhandle, uh-huh. the, the far northern panhandle, basically. Well, Sean, do you think that the new regulations will increase the number of bucks harvested annually? It could, it could, and that and that's and that's uh, one of the reasons why we want to do this as an experiment and also uh, collect data as we go along. Um, 
any hunter that takes a harvest of pronghorn in these herd units will have to come to a mandatory check station within 24 hours of harvest. That will allow us to collect much needed biological information mm-hmm. to help us determine the impacts of this season on the herd. And there are various ways for folks out there uh, interested in pronghorn hunting uh, to go about it this year. One way is to go to the Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, website, click on the hunting tab, and then uh, navigate to the pronghorn antelope page. There's a lease list there of landowners uh, who are participating in the study. And then, of course, you can also go through an outfitter as well uh, if you want to go that route. And we also have a public hunt draw on the Rita Blanca grasslands as well. It's only for like uh, maybe 10 permits or something, but it is a but it is a public hunt draw, so that's good. That's right, yeah, and that's the one that's available in the public hunting booklet. Yeah, it's, it's in our public hunting booklet. Excellent. Yeah, that's the booklet that has all of the public hunting draw opportunities and uh, should be mailed to you if you buy a Texas hunting license. Uh, Sean, real quick, because we're almost out of time, let's talk about the change in the mule deer regulations, which would extend the MLD season by uh, a full month. That's correct, yeah, and that would that basically extends the season um, about four weeks uh, to the end of January. Instead of the first Sunday in January, it would run to the last Sunday in January. Mm-hmm. So overall, mule deer are doing very well. Yes, statewide they're they're doing they're doing pretty well. Uh, Trans Pecos, you know, because of the uh, drought conditions in 2011. Uh, we we had a decline in population, but it those numbers look like they're going to be a little bit better than 2011. Awesome. So more opportunity out there uh, for both the pronghorn antelope hunter as well as the mule deer hunter. And Sean, I know that uh, these new opportunities are really just a byproduct of a job well done by your department because you know y'all's number one objective is not to provide more hunter opportunity. It's to manage the resources appropriately. But we certainly appreciate everything you do and uh, this awesome byproduct of a job well done. Absolutely. Well, hey, always great to visit with you, Sean. Uh, Let's plan on doing this again prior to the opening of pronghorn and mule deer seasons, and uh, we'll get you to give us a little preview. Sure, I'd be more than happy to do that. Looking forward to it. Thanks again, Sean. Yeah, thank you, Cable. All right, great stuff there from our Texas Parks and Wildlife Mule Deer and Pronghorn Antelope Program Leader, Sean Gray. I love hearing about increased hunter opportunity, and I, for one, am already planning on taking advantage of that extended Mule Deer MLD season, Uh, so I'm thrilled about that. Uh, Let's knock out a quick break here. When we come back, we'll be joined by U.S. Army Master Sergeant C.J. Grisham, a Bronze Star recipient, CJ's been in the national headlines after he was illegally disarmed and then arrested uh, by the Temple, Texas Police Department for, quote, rudely displaying a firearm. Uh, CJ didn't break the law, and uh, the video of his arrest has since gone viral with 5.3 million views on YouTube. And uh, we'll get into this interesting case and uh, how his Second Amendment rights were violated. So, uh, fascinating stuff coming up. You're listening to the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Ben Lofton Fencing is Texas' premier fencing company. They apply a design-it-right, build-it-right-the-first-time mindset to all projects. And with 15-plus years' experience, there's no job they won't tackle. Ben Lofton Fencing specializes in deer and exotic game fences, breeder and handling facilities, water gaps, as well as farm and ranch fences, and corrals and working pens. Better Business Bureau certified, they offer the quality and personal service you expect. So for your next fencing project, go Texan and call Mr. Lofton himself at 254-709-1320 or visit BenLoftonFencing.com. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution, the System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The system is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. 
everybody. This is Brian Spagnol from TexasMotorCars.com. I'm here today to tell you about the best place in Texas to shop for your next vehicle. TexasMotorCars.com is a family-owned and operated business located in Addison, Texas. We have a huge inventory of pre-owned vehicles and specialize in trucks and SUVs. Please visit TexasMotorCars.com today. Come see me, Brian Spagnola. Our phone number is 972-481-1660. <laughs> The 2011 Z521 Ranger Boat with a 250 Pro XS Mercury motor. Falcon rods, lounge electronics, and Lake Fork trophy lures are just a few of the perks you'll enjoy when fishing with Lake Fork fishing guide Heath Hardwick. Customer service is Heath's primary goal. Well, that and putting you on the fish of a lifetime at the legendary Lake Fork, Heath has built his business on integrity. His passion is bass fishing, and he loves sharing a lifetime of knowledge with all of his customers. So call Heath Hardwick at 903-440-2358 or visit him at heathhardwick.com. That's Heath Hardwick. The new Bobcat Utility Vehicle is here at Bobcat of Dallas and Fort Worth, and it's hungry. Get ready to work like an animal and love it. Powerful, ultra-comfortable, and sure-footed, this lineup of vehicles delivers legendary Bobcat performance. So you can sink your teeth into a wide range of jobs with twice the horsepower, 1,850 pounds of payload capacity, and four-wheel independent suspension, you will love it. Stop in at Bobcat of Dallas and Fort Worth to see for yourself. Hey everybody, this is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector, and you listen to my good buddy Cable Smith with the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Ain't nowhere and there ain't no light, and there ain't no way to make it out alive. His wedding was planned for the 5th of July, but Jesse got trapped Cable Smith welcoming everybody back to the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by our friends at Hoff Power Polaris and the 2013 Chevy Silverado. A great tune there from Goodnight, Texas. Jesse Got Trapped in a Coal Mine is the name of that one. Uh, we are about to get into some serious gun talk here with one of our country's true heroes. But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by my favorite pistol manufacturer. Of course, I'm talking about STI guns. They're based out of Georgetown, Texas. They've got a full line of 1911 and 2011 style and caliber pistols. So if you're thinking about a new handgun, do what I did and go Texan, go STI. Well, moving right along here, uh, let's go ahead and welcome our next guest to the show. He recently has been all over the national headlines uh, stemming from a situation that occurred in mid-March in Temple, Texas. So it is my pleasure and honor to welcome U.S. Army Master Sergeant C.J. Grisham. And C.J., thanks first and foremost for your service. Uh, thank you for your support. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And C.J., uh, why don't you start by telling us how many tours you've served and uh, and where you've served? Tour, tours have changed over the years. Um, I, I did a couple tours in South America for uh, prior to 9-11 to both Panama and to uh, the Ecuador area. But I've done one combat tour in Iraq, which was uh, in 2003 for the main assault into, into Iraq. I was with 3rd Infantry Division. And then I just uh, did a rotation into Afghanistan. I got back last March of uh, 2012. So just one tour each as far as combat tours go. Wow. So you've seen and done it all. You've been on the front lines. And, and I think those experiences are what led you to start writing your own blog, uh, and you actually had become a well-known military blogger prior to your most recent tour in Afghanistan. Yeah, I actually started writing when I got back from Iraq. Um, I started writing in 2004, and then in 2005 is when uh, I, start, I started publishing my blog as a way to talk about what was going on in Iraq. You know, when I got home, uh, the media coverage and the things that I saw being reported seemed to me like there were two Iraqs in the country. The media was reporting on one, and then there was one that I fought in. And so I decided to start a blog and write about, you know, what was really going on in Iraq, what we were doing, what we were accomplishing, um, you know, from a soldier's perspective. And uh, I started sharing my journal from my combat tour in Iraq. I kept a very detailed journal uh, while I was there. My grandfather, who served in World War II, uh, flew bombers over Germany, and he kept a really detailed journal, and I remember as a kid just loving to read it. And so when when we got deployed, and I was, you know, we were told we were going to war, uh, I remembered that, and I wanted my kids and my grandkids to have something that maybe one day they could read as well. Mm. And mm -hmm. so I started the blog in 2005, and I've been, uh, I mean, we're almost at 10 years now. Wow. And just to back up, uh, you said your grandfather flew B-52 bombers in World War II. My grandfather was a navigator on uh, one of those 
B-52 bombers, uh, part of the greatest generation. Uh, so that is pretty cool. Hey, your blog uh, actually was so well-known that I believe President George W. Bush was reading it on a regular basis, and he even invited you as a guest to the White House. Yeah, he actually read, from what we were told, he actually read several military blogs, and uh, 10 of us were were invited to the White House. It was a you know non-media event. It wasn't published anywhere, and there was no publicity. It was just him wanting to thank us on a one-on-one level for telling our stories in Iraq. And so in 2007, we got invited, got to spend about an hour and a half with him, um, you know, talking in the Roosevelt room, very casual conversation. And, and then after that, he uh, walked us into the Oval Office. We got to take some pictures with him, talk a little bit about that room. And it was a very important time in my life. I think that was one of the highlights of anything I've ever gotten to do in life is, uh, you know, meet, meet President Bush in 2007. And then, you know, a lot of us were invited again in 2009, in um, March of 2009, to visit with uh, President Obama's security team. But he never came out and met with us personally. We we met with uh, some individuals from his national security team. Hmm. I guess Obama had more important things to do than uh, visit with folks like you who have a bronze star. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's talk about the events of March 16th when you made national headlines uh, after being accused by the Temple Police Force for rudely displaying a firearm. Of course, you were subsequently arrested. Uh, Help me understand what that means exactly, rudely displaying a firearm. I've never even heard of that charge. Well, I think that's the million-dollar question. Uh, I have scoured the Texas Penal Code and have looked for the word rudely displaying. I've also looked for the word rudely. I wanted to see what else I could rudely do to get me arrested. and unfortunately, I couldn't find anything else that I thought would make headlines. So I don't think the word rudely uh, is anywhere in there. Um, the, the fact is that my son and I were on a hike uh, on that Saturday morning going through very rural roads. I, I live out in farm country. And halfway, about halfway through that hike, we were approached by a police officer. He stopped us, asked us to come back. It was a very casual stop. There were no lights involved. You know, he, he didn't approach us with his lights on or his sirens. He didn't have his pistol drawn. Uh, a very casual encounter. He asked us what we were doing. I told him we were on a hike for my son's merit badge. Uh-huh. And then he asked me about my rifle. He said, what are you doing with the rifle? And at that point, you know, I, I just said, does it matter? Am I breaking the law? Uh, and that's when he went to go grab my rifle. And uh, at that point, I sort of jerked back and said, what do you think you're doing? You're not going to disarm me. And. Um, he pulled out his pistol, ordered me to move, remove my hands from the gun, which was still, I mean, it was just pointed down, uh, just slung across me, but I had my hands sort of guarding it so that he couldn't take it from me. And he moved, you know, so I took my hands off the gun, moved over to his car. As soon as I got to the car, he slammed me on the hood. And that's when I remembered I had a camera hooked onto my bag because that's part of the merit badge is that you, uh, record your, uh, you know what happens during your hikes you're supposed mm-hmm. to keep a record of it so we happen to have a camera i don't just walk around with cameras everywhere i go <laughs> um and that's when i remember to turn it on and the rest is sort of history you know that when when the prosecutor lowered the charge from resisting arrest to interference with public duties i was a bit taken aback because even that's a bogus charge and it just didn't seem like the prosecutors wanted to just drop this obviously illegal arrest and disarmament. So I went ahead and decided, you know what, I'm just going to release this video because this is, I I started getting um, phone calls from, or emails, excuse me, from other people in the area who had been illegally disarmed. And I thought, this has got to stop somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rest, I guess, is, is history. But we're still, I mean, I'm still facing the interference with public duties charge, which is a Class B misdemeanor. And we're hoping to get those charges thrown out like they should be, and we're also pursuing, uh, my son and I are pursuing civil action against the city. Yeah, as, as you should, I think. Um, and now your son is actually the one who recorded the whole interaction between you and the police officers. Um, yes. And I've, act- I've seen the video, obviously, uh, and it is available. Uh, it's, you know, you can just Google. Uh, actually, you can just Google your name and type in arrest, and it comes <laughs> up. So, right. Uh, what kind of firearms did you have on you? 
I had on me uh, an AR-15. It's, it's a blackjack firearms AR-15. And then that's what was taken. And then also I had a Kimber uh, 45 uh, Ultra Carry on, on my side. Okay. Has the Temple Police Department returned these firearms? I have not gotten them back in spite of the fact that what I'm accused of is not a gun crime. <laughs> um, so the, the Temple Police Department continues to hold my guns. And until I get those back, we're going to, you know, and that's just part of what I want as far as, uh, you know, my demands for getting justice. I mean, no, nobody should have to suffer through having their guns taken from them, especially, you know, a combat veteran. For many combat veterans, having that sidearm, uh, the reason we go out and get our concealed carry permits is because we feel safer and more secure knowing that we can defend ourselves. Right. And, and it's, it's literally been, I don't like going out in public anymore because they took my CHL. They, they took one of my sidearms and I can't legally, I can't legally carry a gun anymore. So if something happens, I'm a victim right now. And wow. everywhere I go, I'm just a potential victim. Wow. Okay. So like I said, I've seen the interaction actually, uh, over 5.3 million people have watched the video on YouTube now, and uh, I, I'm surprised at how you were able to keep a level head, first of all, to tell your son to record uh, what was happening, and then once they do decide to arrest you on a bogus, made-up charge, uh, you, you know, you tell him to call his mother and have her call the attorney. You know, you're not really screaming at the cops. You're trying to talk to them with a level head. You know, if someone's trying to illegally disarm you and you haven't done a dang thing wrong that would be infuriating and then they take your guns away and then the most shocking part of this video for me is when you ask the officer in question why are you disarming me have i broken any law and his response was i am the law <laughs> there, there's so much wrong with my arrest i mean it, it goes beyond just the fact that i was walking down the road uh, carrying a rifle and, and people can debate all day and night whether or not that's a smart thing to do um but there was so much there's so much wrong with that arrest because we've got uh, a cops that are that are talking about arresting me without charges i mean even said we need to find out if you've done anything wrong mm -hmm. so i mean what that says is a police officer can go up to anybody at any time and just go ahead and put them in cuffs and then say okay we're going to look and see if you've done anything wrong whether you've got a gun or not. I mean, that's just a bad policy. And then you've got, uh, you know, the sergeant there, when somebody calls and makes a complaint of a legal activity, uh, that he's going to respond to it because, quote, he doesn't care about the law. They don't care about the law. They're the law. <laughs> and, yeah, and then, and then telling me that he's exempted from the law. You know, the whole, the whole attitude of, of the officers on the scene, and, and I need to make clear, I, this is the first negative interaction I've had with Temple PD in my entire life. Uh, th these are great guys for the most part. The department itself is a very decent department. Um, my, my only complaint is against these two officers and the fact that they uh, write tickets to too many people. Not me personally, but uh, anyway, so it, it, it really is just these guys. And that mentality out there on the street that day is really what riled me up. Um, it, I, I think it could have been worse, and it, and it probably would have been worse had my son not been there. Granted, if my son wasn't there, I wouldn't be hiking 10 miles. But, All right. uh, you know, had my son not been there, I think he was what helped me to keep a level head about me because the last thing I wanted him to witness was what I had to witness in combat, which is death. And that, that's, that's my main concern. And that I, I credit him with one being very calm throughout the whole thing. I mean, granted, he was visibly shaken towards the end when they decided to arrest me. Uh, you could tell he was distraught. And, you know, I just didn't want him. I, I tried to keep him calm, and so that's why I tried to stay as calm as I could. Well, I mean, you definitely kept a level head during a, uh, a trying situation. I mean, it's documented on film. Anyone can go see it. Hell, 5.3 million people already have. Uh, CJ, we do have to take a quick commercial break, but there's still some more stuff that I want to get into. Specifically, I think more people out there need to educate themselves and know the laws, uh, something that you obviously have done. And of course, it's for me just really surprising that this actually happened in such a pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun rights state 
as Texas. I mean, this is our backyard, and, and it's really shocking for me uh, to know that this is going on. So anyway, uh, can you stick around for one more segment? Sure, absolutely. All right, y'all don't go anywhere because up next we will continue talking gun rights and the Second Amendment with U.S. Army Master Sergeant C.J. Grisham, who was illegally disarmed and arrested in Temple, Texas. You're listening to the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. The wise men will bow down before the throne, and at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns. Baskins, your Western and workwear headquarters has all of the latest in Western clothing. Come on in to find the hottest styles of jeans, boots, hats, and belts from your favorite Western brands. Be sure to check out our great lineup of Wrangler fashions. Baskins is a Wrangler PRCA dealer with a full selection of your favorite Wrangler jeans and shirts. Also, check out Baskins' selection of workwear and flame-resistant clothing. Go to Baskins.com for all locations and store information. And check us out on Facebook for monthly contests. Baskins, Western, and workwear. Holmes Williams with Texas Insurance and Financial Services is a passionate outdoorsman, and that's why he understands the importance of limiting your risk, sheltering your game, and protecting your assets. So whether you want to protect your hunting ranch, sporting club, or are a guide or outfitter, Texas Insurance and Financial Services has you covered. Property, general liability, workers' comp, auto, even foreign recovery and emergency medical for that African safari. Call Holmes Williams with Texas Insurance and Financial Services at 512-797-7600 or email him at holmes at txins.com. Need to buy a trailer? Well, Big Tex Trailers is DFW's number one source for trailers. In addition to utility trailers, we have the largest selection of cargoes anywhere. CM Cargoes, Wells Cargoes, Hallmark, Cargo Craft, and Pace. You want it? We got it. Come and get it. Call 972-501-0200 or go to BigTexDFW.com. That's Big Tex Trailers, tough as a Texas Longhorn. Cable Smith here for Magnolite, a Texas-based lighting company that's been outfitting the United States military since the 1960s. Over the past decade, Magnolite has continued to support our troops, but now they have over 200 lights ideal for your hunting and fishing needs, like the 35-watt HID camouflage Go Light Striker with handheld remote. That's 15 million candle power in the palm of your hand, ideal for predator and hog hunting. They also have remote-controlled floodlights, feeder lights, and LED boat lights. So go Texan and go Magnolite. Check them out at www.magnolite.com for all your outdoor lighting needs. If you're in the market for a firearm, you need to know about STI International. Based out of Georgetown, Texas, they're 100% employee-owned and offer the best warranty and customer service in the business. STI is renowned worldwide for exceptional fit and function. The patented 2011 high-capacity system proved so successful in shooting competitions that over 80% of competitors used STI guns or pistols built on STI frames at the USPSA National Championships. To see their full line of premier pistols, visit STIguns.com or check them out on Facebook at STI Firearms. STI, the continuing evolution of the 1911. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Frisco Gun Club is a one-of-a-kind facility offering a luxury gun range, club, and retail pro shop, selling firearms, ammo, accessories, and apparel. With 36 handgun lanes and full rifle lanes, it's the largest indoor range in the country. Gunsmiths are on-site, and CHL and safety training classes are available. Frisco Gun Club is open to the public and has a variety of annual memberships from entry level to private VIP club complete with full bar, cigar room, and upscale dining. Call 855-FRISCO-CLUB. That's 855-FRISCO-CLUB or visit FriscoGun.com. Opening summer 2013. My first love was a wild sinful night. I ran out with the big dogs, guess I had more bark than bite. I know I won the battle, but in the end I lost the fight. Yeah, my first love was a wild sinful little reckless Kelly bringing us back on the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by Hothpower Polaris and Chevy Silverado. I'm Cable Smith. So glad to be here talking outdoors and the Second Amendment with you fine folks today. 
This segment of the show proudly brought to you by Rudy's Barbecue and my favorite brew, Lone Star Light, the national beer of Texas and the official beer of the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show this season. So this season, celebrate your tight lines and full stringers by grabbing an ice-cold Lone Star Light when you get off the water. Well, moving along here, if you're just tuning in, we are visiting with a true U.S. hero, the recipient of the Bronze Star. He's a U.S. Army Master Sergeant and hails from Temple, Texas. C.J. Grisham recently made national headlines when he was illegally disarmed and subsequently arrested by the Temple, Texas Police Department on March 16th. And the video of his arrest has gone viral, attracting 5.3 million views on YouTube. Needless to say, it became a viral sensation. And CJ, you know, you hear about this type of blatant disregard for people's rights and the Second Amendment. Uh, You hear about it in other states, but you don't hear about it in Texas very often, and that's what's so shocking for me. So did you ever imagine that your Second Amendment rights would be infringed on like this right here in the Lone Star State? Never, never at all. And I don't, uh, while I know that my Second Amendment rights and my Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights were violated on the street that day, um, I don't think this was necessarily an issue of taking people's guns. I think this was a power trip. I don't think, I think the police officer didn't like that somebody knew the law and was willing to stand up to him. I don't think the sergeant liked that. And as a result, this became uh, a power trip. And that's all that it is in the end. The problem is, is that in this day and age, when, to use the sergeant's term, you know, with, with gun control at the forefront of everyone's mind, uh, it's obviously it is an issue because this shows that our police feel like they can just go around and arrest anybody for any reason, take their guns for any reason, uh, for well, not even for any reason, for actually uh, abiding by the law. I, nothing I did that day was illegal. Yeah, and, and uh, what I read, you know, you had the AR just because that was an area that, that had a lot of feral pigs, uh, you know, wild boars and stuff. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, I'm not afraid of – they don't usually come after us. Sure. But, um, you know, when people say, why did, you, why did you have to carry an AR, my first, my first uh, response to them is quite confrontational. It's none of your business. Uh, you know, because really to anybody that asks me, why do you feel like you had to walk around with an AR? Well, it's none of your business. That's what I chose to walk with, you know. But, but the truth is that, yeah, I carried that because if we did see any feral hogs, uh, or we did see any cougars, which we do have around the, the where I live. Um, I mean, they're they're not all over the place to where it's like this this major danger. Sure, sure. Um, but well, it's just like a know, CHL it, weapon. I mean, you never know when you're going to need it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and the hope is that you never have to shoot those weapons, in, uh, you know, at any flesh, unless you're out hunting. Right, right. No doubt. Well, I applaud you for first of all. Knowing your rights, I mean, I think a lot of people in that situation would have just rolled over and let the police bully them. And secondly, I tip my hat to you for ultimately saying, well, forget it. I'll just go to jail then because I'm not going to give in to you guys. I know I am in the right, and you guys will have a lawsuit on your hands. And, you know, if, if anybody gets anything out of this video, this is that's what's got to be that, that's what's got to be conveyed is that, you know, again, you, you can you can stand up for your rights. And the problem is I've gotten so many emails both, both for and against what I did that day. But the people who are against me equate my actions to disrespecting the police. And that's just simply not the case. No. When you stand up for your rights, that doesn't mean you disrespect the officers. I have, I have ultimate respect for the police officers, but I'm not going to let anybody, whether it be a police officer or my neighbor or anyone, trample on my rights. And as long as we Americans allow those things to happen – they're going to continue to happen, and they're going to get worse because once, you know, once police officers and and the you know the legal system and, and our uh, legislatures are comfortable saying, well, you know, obviously this isn't very important to people, so let's let's make legislation that you know helps the police. Um, that that's when we lose our rights. There's you know, a right not exercise is the right law, mm-hmm. and we need more people. More people need to read their constitution, read the case law. That's even more important. Because there is, you've got Brown versus Texas, Proust versus Delaware, um, 
gosh, I could go on. There, there's so much case law out there that if you're stopped by a police officer and for any reason, if you are not accused of a crime, you don't have to say a word. So why would you? Right. And, and it doesn't mean you're being disrespectful. It just means that on a professional level, when they are speaking to you in, in their role as a police officer, using their authority of a badge, um, I never speak to a police officer in that situation. I, I'll speak to them, you know, if I see them in a coffee shop or a gas station, you know, I always go up, shake their hands, say, how you doing, you know, shoot the breeze. But when they approach me on an official capacity, I will never, unless I'm accused of a crime, um, cooperate in any way, shape, or form because I don't have to. Uh-huh. So it's important that we, have, we understand the Constitution, what our Fourth Amendment rights are, what our Second Amendment rights are, what our First Amendment rights are. But it's also important that we understand case law so that when we're arguing uh, our, our position, that we're arguing from a position that is intelligent and, and rehearsed. Right. So that, that's, if, if anybody gets anything out of that video, that's what I want them to understand. And standing up for your rights doesn't equal disrespect to a police officer. Yeah. And you could, you know, with all due respect, no, sir, you're not taking my gun. Or with all due respect, I'm not going to answer your questions. Am I free to go? Uh, and, and that's it. It's, we've got to get away from this mentality that we are required to, to, to just cower in fear anytime a police officer stops us or asks us any questions. Yeah, and going back to something you said about legislation and, and, and politicians thinking, well, this isn't important. Well, you know, it is. And, and I preach on our show every week, you know, apathy is no excuse. I mean, the, right. look what happened in Colorado. Um, look, what happen, look, look, look what's happening all, all around us every day in this country. It, pe- if people don't stand up and let them know, hey, this isn't right, we're not going to put up with it, well, then one day you'll wake up and, you know, those rights will be gone and, and you know, you and I will be standing there saying, we told you so. <laughs> yep, and, and, you know, Ben Franklin had a great quote, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it, but he said, you know, those who would sacrifice or sacrifice liberty for security deserve neither security nor liberty. What that means at, at the layman's level is if you're not willing to be inconvenient for standing up for your rights, you don't deserve those rights. And it is an inconvenience. I spent 10 and a half hours in jail. Now I'm spending thousands of dollars, thankfully, with help uh, to defend myself. But it, if I had not done all that, I would have voluntarily surrendered my rights. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know it's inconvenient, but if the law is on your side, like I said, you've got to educate yourself. Uh, you can stand up for yourself. You may or may not go through what I went through. Um, my goal is that no one ever does again in the future. I think I'm going to make that very clear. Uh, if we, if we don't stand up and do the hard right, then we're going to fail as a country. We're going to lose our rights slowly, incrementally, and, and they're just going to go step by step. Yep. There's no doubt about it, my friend. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I mean, this has made national headlines. You've been on Glenn Beck, um, you know, (laughs) tons of other interviews. Uh, we appreciate you taking a little bit of your time to visit with us today and uh, yeah, and, we thank yeah. you for your service. Well, uh, thank you, sir. And one more thing, if I could add really quick, the, the reason that I was able to stand up that day was because of a guy named Staff Sergeant uh, Nate Sampson. Uh, he, and it took him 10 and a half months to get his guns back after being illegally disarmed. And had I not known about that case, I would not have stood up for myself as strongly as I did because I wanted to put a stop to that, what was going on in this area. Well, I certainly applaud you both, and uh, CJ, thanks again for your service. Oh, real quick, if you want to plug your Twitter account, I know that you're uh, very active on there. Yes, at uh, CJ Grisham is my Twitter, and you can find my blog called A Soldier's Perspective. Uh, if you Google that, it should be the first one that comes up, and that's where I'll be putting updates to my case. Well, I will certainly be following along. CJ, thanks again, and good luck to you. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, there he goes, U.S. Army Master Sergeant CJ Grisham. Uh, if y'all want to see that YouTube video, you can check it out on my website. I've got it posted there at uh, LoneStarOutdoorsShow.com. It's a fascinating exchange between CJ and the Temple, Texas Police Department, to say the least. Let's knock out a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk some whitetails with Dr. Tim Fulbright. He is a endowed research scientist at the Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute down there in South Texas. Uh, They just concluded a nine-year whitetail study on nutrition obtained through natural forage and browse uh, versus supplemental feeding. So very interesting stuff coming up after the break. 
You're listening to the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors Show. But you wrecked it all. You wrecked my heart. You wrecked our house and you wrecked my car. Frisco Gun Club is a one-of-a-kind facility offering a luxury gun range, club, and retail pro shop. Selling firearms, ammo, accessories, and apparel. With 36 handgun lanes and full rifle lanes, it's the largest indoor range in the country. Gunsmiths are on site and CHL and safety training classes are available. Frisco Gun Club is open to the public and has a variety of annual memberships from entry level to private VIP club complete with full bar, cigar room, and upscale dining. Call 855-FRISCO-CLUB. That's 855-FRISCO-CLUB or visit FriscoGun.com. Opening summer 2013. Need to buy a trailer? Well, Big Tex Trailers is DFW's number one source for trailers. In addition to utility trailers, we have the largest selection of cargoes anywhere. CM Cargoes, Wells Cargoes, Hallmark, Cargo Craft, and Pace. You want it? We got it. Come and get it. Call 972-501-0200 or go to BigTexDFW.com. That's Big Tex Trailers, tough as a Texas Longhorn. Did you know there's a bank that will pay you to be its customer? That's right. Lone Star Ag Credit is a cooperative and, since it's owned by its stockholders, pays millions in dividends each year. That's free money to every borrower. Lone Star Ag Credit serves people all over Northeast Texas, assuring you competitive interest rates on real estate loans, rural home loans, livestock and farm and ranch loans. Contact Lone Star Ag Credit today at 800-530-1252 or on the web at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Equal housing lender. Hey, y'all. Cable Smith here for Tioga Retrievers. As bird hunters, we expect the most out of our gun dogs, and that's why I sent my sweet girl Belle to Angie and Tim Becker at Tioga Retrievers. Not only were her manners and obedience spot on in the blind and in the field, but Belle picked up over 200 birds in her first season. So whether you want a well-rounded hunting dog or just a well-mannered companion for the home, Tioga Retrievers has you covered. Located in Aubrey, Texas, visit TiogaRetrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A Retrievers.com. Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas specializes in exotics such as Axis Deer and Black Buck. Coons Canyon offers quality animals at a price the working man can afford. Right now, save 10% on any package of multiple animals. Military personnel, police, and firefighters also get 10% off. Lodging is available upon request, as are other exotic species. Visit CoonsCanyonRanch.com for your next exotic trophy hunt. That's CoonsCanyonRanch.com. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road, and that's just what you'd expect from your truck, the Chevy Silverado. From worksite to home front, dependability based on longevity, 1981 through July 2012, full-size pickup registrations. Howdy Outdoors fans, Michael Curvey, Internet Manager at Grab Chevrolet. We're proud to be the official dealership of the Lone Star Radio Show. We have a large selection of new Chevys starting at just $12,999. Lowest overhead means lowest price in North Texas. We'll beat any price on a new Chevy guaranteed. Drive a little, save a lot. Chevys are cheaper in Grand Prairie. Call 800-560-3518 or shop online 24-7 at GrabChevrolet.com. Grab Chevrolet, serving Texas outdoors fans since 1952. Chevy runs deep. Miles from Home is the name of that one there from Six Market Boulevard, bringing us back on the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Chevy Silverado and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thrilled to be here talking outdoors and all that implies with you fine folks today. Uh, we're about to talk some whitetails here, so fittingly, this segment proudly brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, Texas' premier seed company. They've got anything and everything that you need to keep your whitetail herd healthy and happy. And whitetail biologists agree that you should have at least 2% of your ranch or lease covered in food plots. So check them out at senderoseed.com or you can give my buddy Rob a call at 1-877-610-SEED today. And they've even got the Dr. Kroll backed buck forage oats. So check them out, Sendero Seed Company. Uh, well, let's go ahead and welcome our next guest. He is a endowed research scientist at the renowned Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute down in Kingsville. He, along with a couple of his colleagues, recently wrapped up a nine-year study on whitetail nutrition concerning 
Natural Brows versus Supplemental Feed, and Dr. Tim Fulbright. We appreciate you dropping in today. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's certainly my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to talking whitetails here with you this morning. Uh, but first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself as a uh, wildlife scientist. Well, I've been uh, working in South Texas now for uh, 32 years, so I've uh, been here for a long time, and uh, one of my uh, particular interests is habitat management. And so I, I have a passion for looking at the interrelationships between, you know, the habitat, the vegetation, and the animals, and trying to understand what impact they have on the habitat, what is the best way to manage the habitat to uh, improve uh, populations and in, improve nutrition. And of the wildlife species that we have in South Texas, the white-tailed deer is one that I've really focused a lot on during my career. So needless to say, you have a lot of experience with uh, white-tailed deer. Uh, talk about this recent study that y'all just concluded uh, and, and kind of where the idea came from. It's a team effort, and uh, Charles DeYoung, David Hewitt, and I, and really uh, Dr. DeYoung working uh, with uh, Donnie Drager, who's a uh, ranch manager on one of the ranches where we're doing our research, uh, were the ones that, that originated the ideas uh, for this project. And so, uh, and then we uh, got funding from a couple of private ranches to uh, do the study. And uh, Dr. DeYoung, of course, has uh, been in South Texas doing research on whitetail deer for even longer than me. <laughs> and so he has a real uh, tremendous knowledge of the region and of deer. And so uh, we embarked on this uh, long-term study. Like nine years, right? Yeah, yeah nine years, actually uh, going into ten, uh, to determine what <clears throat> the impacts of uh, providing supplemental feed not provide, compared to not providing supplemental feed would be on uh, white-tailed deer nutrition and on the habitat. And then also we uh, included uh, three different densities, which uh, were considered to be uh, low, medium, and high uh, for the region. So we constructed these enclosures that are 200 acres in size so that we could manipulate uh, the number of deer that we had in each. So uh, for each low, each medium, and each high deer density, we had enclosures that were provided supplemental feed and then ones that did not have supplemental feed. <clears throat> you know, white-tailed deer in South Texas, uh, their home range is uh, considerably larger than that, especially for bucks. But when you're designing a study on the scale uh, that we were doing, we had to sort of uh, make a compromise between what would be, you know, a normal home range size and something that's big enough that we feel that we can make accurate inferences about what's going on with the deer. Okay, so there were three different control groups, each within 200-acre uh, enclosures, which is still a, a nice-sized uh, chunk of real estate. Now, they were getting, actually, one was getting uh, year-round supplemental feed, one was getting some supplemental feed, and the other getting absolutely no supplemental feed. So talk about your findings, and, you know, I thought it was very interesting how nature kind of acts as its own shepherd and, you know, it keeps the deer from eating themselves out of house and home. Yeah, and that, that was, of course, the thing that I was really uh, interested in with my uh, habitat interest was how the, the habitat would respond uh, to these different deer densities and, and to uh, the deer having feed and not having feed. And there's been a lot of work done in, in North America on the impacts of large numbers of deer on vegetation. And in most of those studies, having high deer densities has a negative impact on the vegetation. It causes the very you know, palatable plants to begin to decline, and then the uh, less palatable ones to increase in abundance. Mm -hmm. And so in regard to the provision of the supplemental feed, uh, what we found was that, at least in the case of our study in southwestern Texas, uh, there was no decline in the, the really good plants 
um, from providing supplemental feed. And one of the things that we found was that when we provided the supplemental feed, the uh, deer ate a lot more black brush, which is a, you know, what we have considered to be a fairly low-quality uh, browse plant. Hmm. And so it's like, well, <clears throat> that's just the opposite of what we were expecting. You know, instead of eat, eating the good stuff, they ate more of the uh, stuff that we didn't think was all that grand. And uh, obviously there's something that they're getting out of that that uh, is important to them. Maybe with that real high-quality diet, they need a little bit more fiber, a little bit more roughage in their diet. Uh, maybe there are some chemical compounds in those plants that they, they need that we're really not fully understanding. So that was really interesting. What we found with the different densities was that there wasn't much of an impact, and we had a fourfold difference in deer densities in our treatments. So you would think having four times more deer, uh, you could you know, really see an impact on the vegetation. Part of the reason that we didn't see this impact was the unique nature of these brush communities in South Texas, because let's just kind of go through the annual uh, foraging cycle of a deer. In South Texas, in the fall and winter, they eat a lot of <clears throat> browse, which is the twigs and, and leaves of woody plants. But then in the late winter and early spring, if you get rain, you have a lot of forbs, which are broadleaf weeds. And so the deer begin to switch from those woody plants to those broadleaf weeds, and they really eat a lot of them in the spring. Well, that takes pressure off the woody plants. Mm -hmm. And it, it gets really hot down here, and it gets dry in the summer. So as you go into the summer, those forbs begin to disappear. And uh, the deer start eating some browse again, but then... Uh, plants like mesquite produce their mast crop, their their pods or beans. Uh, prickly pear produces its fruits, and so deer start eating them in abundance. They even eat the prickly pear flowers. They they seem to love them. And so the uh, uh, bean crop from the, the mesquites and the fruit crop from the prickly pear uh, take a lot of pressure off the remaining forbs and off the browse once again. And so that kind of carries them through the summer. And so, you know, you have these, these different plants that become available at different times. And so there are times of the year when any given group of plant is really not getting eaten very heavily because of that cycle. Having a whole bunch of different plant species and, you know, different kinds of plants, the, the forbs, the shrubs, uh, understory shrubs and, and larger shrubs uh, is just critically important to, uh, you know, maintaining uh, good populations of white-tailed deer. Wow, very fascinating stuff. And, you know, with nine years going into this study, uh, I'm sure that y'all have a lot of information at your fingertips. The data is just almost overwhelming. We uh, not only have data on the vegetation, but we have these studies that I was talking about where we uh, looked at diet composition. We have a student looking at population dynamics. Uh, we have a lot of um, data on antler size and, and things like that. So it, it's an incredible data set, and I, I think we're uh, learning a tremendous amount about uh, white-tailed deer ecology. I think some people think that you know, we know everything there is to know about white-tailed deer, and the more re we research them, the more I realize that we don't really know that much, you know. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. That keeps us in business. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Dr. Fulbright, it's been a fascinating visit today. Uh, just is very cool to see how, whether you provide supplemental feed or not, uh, the deer know which plants they need to eat and at which time of the year they need to focus on them uh, so that they don't eat themselves out of house and home. And it's very cool to see that that balance, that harmony between deer and their natural surroundings. And I'm talking, of course, about the vegetation. Uh, but anyway, very cool stuff. I appreciate your time today, and uh, we look forward to visiting with you again sometime in the near future. Well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. 
All right, there he goes, Dr. Tim Fulbright of the Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute down in Kingsville, Texas. Fascinating stuff, no doubt about it. I absolutely love talking whitetail management. It, uh, it never fails to keep my attention, that's for sure. Now, just looking at the clock here, uh, we, we have to go. Uh, unfortunately, all good things must come to an end, but we'll be back same time, same place next week. And just off the top of my head, I know that next week we'll talk uh, offshore tuna fishing, a rich resource off of the Texas coast, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, we'll get into some retriever talk and who doesn't like talking about well-trained bird dogs and duck dogs? Heck, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. I'm not going to lie. But anyway, Angie Becker, a longtime trainer and the owner of Tioga Retrievers, will be here to talk uh, nutrition and also to provide some off-season training tips for all of the gun dog owners out there. So uh, looking forward to that. And then I think we'll also get into the Lake Texoma smallmouth bass fishery. I had the pleasure of going out there this past week. And I tell you what, those smallies, a lot of fun to catch. And uh, Lake Texoma is probably the premier smallmouth bass fishery in Texas because, you know, we really don't have that many smallmouth bass here. But those little fish are a lot of fun to catch and put up a heck of a good fight. Uh, so we'll get into that as well. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. There's no fortune at the end of the road that has no end. There's no returning to the spoils once you spoil the thought of them. There's no falling back to sleep once you've waken from the dream. Now I'm resting. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. And that's just what you'd expect from your truck, the Chevy Silverado. From worksite to home front, dependability based on longevity, 1981 through July 2012, full-size pickup registrations. BioBore EB is the premier gasoline additive that combats the negative effects ethanol has on an engine. Its comprehensive formula is designed to protect marine engines and marine environments, yet also works great in all two- and four-stroke engines. It prevents phase separation and ethanol-related engine problems while stabilizing fuel for 18 months. BioBore's detergents also clean the entire fuel system of carbon and varnishes. BioBore EB has the best treat rate in the industry. One ounce treats an amazing 15 gallons of gas. Available at your local sporting goods store or visit BioBore.com today. Cinnamon Creek Ranch is not your typical archery club. It's a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, a full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located on 80 acres in Roanoke, Texas, and offering over 200 3D targets to shoot at, this one-of-a-kind event facility was designed with a bow hunter in mind. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. We hope you love listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, because we do, and we're proud to be a title sponsor. Now listen up, we here at Hoffbear Outdoor Superstore have got some great deals for you folks that love the great outdoors. Whether you're needing a brand new Polaris ATV, or maybe a Polaris Ranger, to ride around check your deer feeders, get to and from the deer blind, maybe to get you down to the dove patch, whatever your needs are, we can fix you up with a brand new Polaris today. Now we're also a New Holland tractor and equipment dealer. Now I'm just speculating, but maybe you need a new tractor and shredder to shred around your deer blinds, maybe clean up around deer camp, or maybe even shred a few lanes in those sunflower pack. Now, we've got lots more than just Polaris and New Holland, so come check us out today. Hoffbauer's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. You can check us out on the web at hpolaris.com. Better yet, just come see us. Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas, and in Central Texas for over 48 years now. And folks, we couldn't have stuck around this long. We were steering you wrong.